I am Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, your senior drill instructor. From now on, you will speak only when spoken to. And the first and last words out of your filthy sewers will be, sir. Do you maggots understand that? Sir, yes, sir. Bullshit, I can't hear you. Sound off like you got a pair. Sir, yes, sir. If you ladies leave my island, if you survive recruit training, you will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are pukes. You are the lowest form of life on earth. You are not even human fucking beings. You are nothing but unorganized, lebastic pieces of amphibian shit. Because I am hard, you will not like me. But the more you hate me, the more you will learn. I am hard, but I am fair. There is no racial bigotry here. I do not look down on niggers, kites, wops, or greasers. Here you are all equally worthless. And my orders are to weed out all non-hackers who do not practice in my beloved soul. Ain't a man to understand that. Bullshit, I can't hear you. God, we're so good at tributes. What's your name? <laughs> 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 the Prince of Podcasting, the bipolar rock and roller, the Sultan of... S- Jesus, Slits, the Godfather of Gash, the king of podcasts that aren't on hire sucker other podcasters into calling me sire episode 155 of the don blankenship slash pillow fort radio and uh we're coming up on three years yeah very very close to three years yeah i think next week yeah next week will be i think we put out the first episode beginning of may of 2015 yeah and of course uh again speaking before being introduced so my trademark that's the white samoan the sentient mountain the sassy barrel (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) that's new Former intercontinental <laughs> champion and the first black man to ice skate backwards on the Kanawal River. It's old Chucky Tator Sacks over there, notoriously calling out conservatives on Twitter since 2018. <laughs> Got them Twitter fingers. Yeah. Keyboard get, warrior. Get fired up. He's tough behind that keyboard, son. Knowing full well all these people would fuck you up. Yeah, sure. Calling out Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz would put you in the torture rack, son. Ted Cruz beat me in a fight. I would have no choice but to commit, commit suicide because there's nothing in life I would be able to do. Here's some advice. Don't challenge Ted Cruz to a fight if you like living, son. <laughs> he might, you can he run might, with that joke all you want. He might not let you commit suicide. <laughs> he might just kill you. He might hit you with them mitts and knock you dead. <laughs> Ted Cruz punch would be painful to watch. And, not in and a, it'd be painful to feel, too, no, son. Uh, no, you know what I mean. They call him <laughs> Teddy Headknocker. <laughs> <laughs> this is for his pro- Jackie Jaw make you say oh. That's <laughs> <laughs> for his that's for his proclivity on I sucking feel, dick. I feel like I'm walking Ted Cruz to the ring. <laughs> yeah. He'll jack your jaw, make you, you say the, oh. the Gracie train with him. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, we've just uh, been watching some extremely old school UFC and uh man barbaric <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic but my that guy's skull is exposed he's not tapping so they're going i mean what about the man's got his his corner isn't throwing in the towel he's not tapping what am i supposed to do his corner is hitting on these skanky girls sitting over there oh yeah he's fine 
So, the 90s chicks <laughs> yeah. that still look like they're from the 80s a little yeah. bit. Oh, my God. The uh, the one guy just pounding it. The guy that weighed, what was he? I forgot his name already. We just watched him. He's like 260, and the guy he fought was 169 or 170. Yeah. <laughs> and he just elbowed him and knocked him Elbowed him, him and elbowed him out. and elbowed him until he found out that he was out. He looked up at the ref. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was a really nice guy. He's like. <laughs> anyway, uh, just last week, I showed my mom, and we talked about it on the podcast. I showed my mom Full Metal Jacket for the first time. Yeah. And she fell in love with Arlie Ermey, and one god, two goddamn days later. No, I think it was. I think it was Sunday of last week. Yeah. The son of a bitch dies. Pneumonia. Jesus Christ. Pneumonia got him? Mm-hmm. He's an old man. I mean, what is he in his late 70s? 70s, probably? yeah. Jeez. He's in a lot of stuff. I mean, he gets. I'm going to run down because I said, for some reason, I thought that maybe his first acting role was that. It definitely wasn't. He was still I'd... good on camera. He really was. He was in. Uh... He was in Dead Man Walking. That's a great movie. Yeah, it really was. It was a slog, though. It is a beating, but it is a great movie. He was in uh, Dead Man Walking. He was in Mississippi Burning. He was in 124 Things, if that tells you anything. He was yeah. in The Simpsons. Yeah. He's uh, he's Colonel Leslie Hap- Hapablap. He's the psh, psh, psh guy, isn't he? The oil guy. No, he's not the oil guy. No, he probably played his own voice on there. No, he played Colonel Leslie Happaplap. Hmm. Let's go back all the way to his first thing. Boys in Company C, 1978, as Sergeant Loyce. So, <laughs> Apocalypse Now. Yeah, I, I remembered he was in that. Purple Hearts, Miami Vice. <laughs> Miami Vice. Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket was only his one, two, three, four, sixth thing, though. But he didn't have to act. He, he, he was a real drill sergeant. Well, he had to act whenever he, who's in my goddamn head? <laughs> when, he had, when he went in there for that Mississippi well, burning. I, I, I admire his, I admire that character's, uh, Hartman's fucking bravery till the end. He had a guy with a fucking fully live fucking rifle talking a shit to the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy and daddy don't love you as a child. <laughs> Oh, he was God. in his skibbies with that fucking hat on. His <laughs> <laughs> socks and his boxer shorts. His old man hold up socks thing. <laughs> probably had a garter on. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's probably he would beat the shit out of anybody. Uh, Mississippi Burning, of course, 1988. Mm-hmm. Siege of Firebase Gloria. Oh, I remember that one vaguely. China Beach. Did you ever watch that? I mean, China Beach. China Beach was a great show. No, I never watched. There was a couple of Vietnam shows that came out. There was um, China Beach, which was famous for having. Um, maybe we could punch a song up. Reflections by uh, Diana Ross. Reflections. By Reflections Diana. of. Oh yeah, it's a great fucking song. It's about the Supremes or Diana Ross or. Diana I don't Ross. know. I think it's probably the Supremes at that point because it was period appropriate. You know, it was in the sixties. There was that show, and then there was a. Uh, I think the Nom was a show or. Man, there's, I know there was one more. We've apparently looked the song up before. Because it shows that I've played it before. Hmm. For some reason, it starts off with this beeping. You know, it's a very... I wonder what, what was the, the other network's attempt at a Vietnam show at that point. Baywatch. They had to watch the bay for, the, for Charlie. Charlie Don't Surf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
favorite song. Yeah, fucking um, early army was awesome and everything. Saving Silverman. Yeah, I remember that. I love that movie. Yeah. Okay, there was a uh, tour of duty. Uh, China Beach. Let's see who was in the uh, tour of duty was nineteen ninety two, eighty eight to ninety one. China Beach was eighty eight to ninety one. Um. I always love that part. Uh, yeah, like I, China Beach was more. Tour of Duty was like more true to the the actual subject matter. China Beach was more to the spirit of Vietnam. Like it was, it was actually not a lot in the fights. It was China Beach was a place where they would send. It was actually a safe place, kind of, because that's where they would send troops. Who'd been injured and who had PTSD and shit like that to recover. So it was. It had. Uh, Margaret Hellberger was in it. Uh, Dana Delaney was in it. Um, it was a really, really good show. I think so, I remember watching it when I was a kid. My dad probably liked it because he was into into that shit. Yeah. Is your dad in Nam? No. Well, he was in the Navy during Vietnam, mm. but he didn't go. He didn't get to go. He wanted to go. I think. He didn't get to go. I think he wanted to go, though. I mean, yeah. he joined up. He didn't get drafted. That's an interesting... That was a great sniff that, that's for, an, for yeah. the camera, for, for the uh, <laughs> audience there. That's an interesting question. Uh, if a war had been... I wouldn't have a problem going to a war if I could find out the clearly defined parameters and who I'm fighting. Yeah. Vietnam would have been hard to go to. Because you don't know who you're fighting, and you don't even know why the fuck you're there, you know, to to, to stem the tide of communism. Why the countries <laughs> want it? You're going to stem the tide? Fuck you! They like want that shit. Spreading democracy in the Middle East. Yeah, they don't want it. Exactly. Don't let them fucking have it. I mean, if they, they that's something that you have to want. They're going to have to organically get it to to get it. You know, that's how democracy forms. It forms out of tyranny. So because the people get tired of shit, and then they rise up, and then you have a fucking democracy. And I mean, what we did with uh, Iraq, we took out Saddam. But I mean, the country left nothing in his wake. Yeah, well, left I mean, the power vacuum. Exactly, and you can't fucked. do that in places like that. Um, fucked. Well, as I, what I was saying though is, uh, World War Two, I would have had no problem going, even though as bad as it was, you know, yeah. I, I I knew I probably would have gotten killed. But I wouldn't have had a problem with that, I don't think. I wouldn't have wanted to die, of course. Excuse me. That's all right. <laughs> because like we were talking about, the Nazis were evil out of central fucking casting. I mean, they were just... They they went so far as to have skull epaulets on their fucking uniforms and you know and used that was a German that was actually a German uh, tactic. It's called frightfulness to make to terrify your enemies enough that they don't want to fight you. It's actually quite effective because the Nazis were terrifying and they would do horrible shit it's to. Like, it's like why Brock Lesnar has all those weird tattoos all over him. Basically, yes. I mean, it's it's just to make you so intimidating. But the the, the, the bad thing about it is sometimes eventually you start believing your own superiority. Yeah. And right before right after that happens is when you lose. And that's why I'm, I get so nervous about America sometimes. We believe in our own superiority and we aren't. Like, 
it would take a country who's committed to fighting and has just enough technology to whip our ass. You know what I mean? That's just who you think might have that North Korea. I don't think North Korea does. In a ground war, yes. Maybe they're so. It'd be like fighting in West Virginia, dude. You're not going to win. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to go to war with them there. I mean, oh, we're going to nuke them. I mean, that's not. Yeah, we're going to, and we're going to kill everybody there. Yeah, but um, which will also take out South Korea, probably. Yeah, that's why they don't want nukes because it's a peninsula. But they just announced that they're stopping their, uh, they're stopping trying to have a. Yeah, well, good and good. That's a one feather in Trump's dubious cap. I mean, he's they. uh, There's a book about them about North Korea called Dear Reader, Mm -hmm. which is great, a great title. Yeah, because it's sort of making fun of the the uh, Asian accent, how they pronounce L's as R's. And they call the, they call him the dear leader, the dear reader. It's about a smart ass guy, Michael Malice. He went over there and like studied and tried to figure. Shit he went out. to North Korea, yeah, and was allowed there. And he's also he's also from Russia. He was born in Russia, escaped communism, comes over here, and decides he wants. to and He try. goes back into the lion's fucking den. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's like I mean, that's like escaping a fucking den of wolves, and they said, "Okay, I'm going to go into a pod of wolverines now." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's jump into this batch of hungry honey badgers. <laughs> yeah. and see what happens. He, he went over there and uh, he, he did the whole tour. Fucking honey badgers figured it out. And uh, but uh, they, the, it's a, the whole thing with North Korea is everything's a show of power. Yeah. Every no matter what like, they have a word for it, and it basically means fuck off. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, but it's um, uh, like the they talk about threatening everybody, and like uh, but and the generals will be like, but we don't have that capability, and like they don't know that. All right, like the the Kim Jong Il or Uns, mm-hmm. like well they don't really know that. They, so, but see that's we'll the thing. This and- that's the thing. Crazy rulers don't get. They're not okay. It's like this. I believe that a new prerequisite for 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 being a president in this country should be military service mm. Wouldn't be a bad thing. if you don't understand the harm that you can do being in the military you don't deserve the office because we have fuck nuts sitting up there who has never done anything in the military other than being some goddamn military school which is well, he got more training there. He probably knew a lot more about battle than people that recognize. I don't think he did. That's what he said, though. I mean, He's full of shit. Believe him? I, mean, <laughs> I, I knew more. I knew more, more about so the good at, I'm so good at battle. You have no idea. He's so. He's. He, I would love to fight him. Like if I was some kind of guerrilla commander and I had to fight him, it would be so easy to beat him. <laughs> and I don't know shit. See what see what I mean? Like like all you got to do is bait him. He's gonna he's gonna fall every time. You know, it'd be like. Like we've talked about this before, the Romans were so convinced of their own superiority that to beat them was easy. All you had to do was make them fall for it every time, and you did that by calling them out. Like, you know, Hannibal, who was from Carthage, he was a general from Carthage, he didn't have nearly the amount of men that the Romans had, or really the munitions or any of that shit. He was just a superior general because he understood psychology. He's like the Romans are a bunch of arrogant pricks, and here's what I'm going to do. And he said they also, and they also hated him so bad it was unreal. So he put himself in the center of the line on a horse, and he would bang the front of the the, the Roman line, just bang them, and then retreat. 
and basically say, come and get me, come and get me. And they did it every fucking time. <laughs> and then he would close the ranks around him and kill every man in the middle. And it worked. It's called the double envelop. And it worked. It's sort of like so what they many did fucking in the Battle times. of the Bastards, right? Yes, exactly. How they surrounded yeah, Exactly. Because you can kill, you can kill the man at your leisure. So, you know, that's, and that's what they did. They just, and he, here, here's, here's a, an indication of how great a general he was and, a, and how bad the Romans were at actual tactics as opposed to just running over people. If they were fighting somebody like the Germans or the Celts, they were going to win because they had superior, um, genes. No, the average Roman soldier was five two. The average the average uh, Celt and or German was six feet tall. So you're you're talking a, a massive disparity in size and strength. But they had organization, and they had you know tactics, and they had all this stuff. And they were and these other people had none virtually. So that's the reason they would lose, even though they were bigger and stronger and better fighters. Sort of like Horace Gracie in in the early Absolutely, UFC. yes, absolutely. So just get him down to the ground and just fucking wrangle him up and see what happens. Well, that's like, we just saw we just saw Horace Gracie. Yes, that is choke a perfect, that giant yes. Russian guy with his own <laughs> yeah. gi. I know, it was awesome. He choked him to and death. He got tapped like he shook his head. Oh, and he's Jesus like, Christ. Damn it. I, why did I wear this? This fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> I would never like. It makes me think if I ever go to Brazil, I'm just going to walk around shirtless because I don't want these motherfuckers yeah, behind me no. and choke me with my own collar. I know. Um, I was going to say uh, Hannibal stayed in the stayed in the Italian peninsula. Uh, Carthage is North Africa, like Morocco and places like that. He stayed in the Italian peninsula for 20 years and never lost a battle. And he never, but he never had the he never had the uh, men or siege equipment to take Rome itself. Even though he did something that's still considered impossible today, he crossed to cross the Alps in the summer was considered suicide. He did it in the fucking winter <laughs> with elephants and hired guns. Basically, they were Celts that he hired Gauls, and he lost half his men on the way over. And then they were waiting for his ass because somebody had infiltrated and told him he was coming. They waited for his ass and he still beat him. Fucking starving, you know, all kinds of stuff. That's how great a fucking general Hannibal Barca was. Hmm. Hannibal Burst, you say. <laughs> it's a great name. Hannibal Burst. Man, let's go fight these motherfuckers. I, <laughs> I would love to see that. Like him <laughs> on an elephant on a mountain somewhere. It's fun, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're going to fight or something. I don't know. I like lasagna. <laughs> I love that shit in fucking neighbors. Anyway, somebody else died. Uh, Harry Anderson uh, from yes. Night Court. Hence Most our, uh, famously from Night Court and Stephen King's It. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else he was in. I can't think of anything. He else. played his. He actually got his break as a uh, on uh, Cheers as Harry the Harry the Magician or something. Well, it was he was a he was a con man, confidence man. Yeah. And he was very charming, but he was also, you know, he'd rip people off and all kinds of shit. And, um, Let's see what else he was in. Probably a litany of things that I just can't remember. He was a good actor, dude. I don't think Harry Anderson gets a... You know, he was a, a street magician guy. Yeah. And just kind of became famous one day. Like, gave him his own show. That's unprecedented. They're like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And, you know... Night Court at first Only in 27 things That's nuts But Night Court at first Was a far different animal Than it ended up being He was in something called Twilight Theater As his first credit The Escape Artist Tales from the Dark Side TV series Yeah episode. I remember that Yeah Vanishing America Tanner 88 
Uh, spies, lies, and naked thighs. It's a TV movie? Yeah. Really? She's having a baby. I remember that. Uh, Tells from the Crypt. Another goose rock and rhyme. Yeah. And he was in some Parker Lewis Can't Lose. You remember that show? Yeah, I love that it's show. It's fucking awesome. Sacred Eyes Swatches. That was a Savage Steve Holland who was uh, directed uh, one Diane Franklin in um, Better Off Dead. Better Off Dead one of the greatest movies of all time. No, it isn't. <laughs> I love that. I movie. love it, but it's it's not great. He was in Cheers, six episodes, uh, Hearts of Fire. He played Dave Barry. John Larroquette show, Nightstand, which I guess was, I don't know what it was, but he was an episode of that. He wasn't in much. Mm-mm. A movie called Harvey. But he was talking about, towards the end of his career, like right before he died, they were talking about it. He he ran on record saying he said I have more rec- uh, more money than Davy Crockett. He said I'm, I'm. Oh yeah, if, if you get a and he he spent his money wisely, and he got residuals from Night Court. If you get a a, a series that goes into syndication, you do pretty well. Yeah, you're paid. I mean, it's like fucking Seinfeld. He gets like a hundred million dollars a year just from residuals. Jesus Christ. There's no. There's always an episode of Seinfeld on somewhere on something. I love Seinfeld. Let's get into that for a second. Okay. Um, Fuck tributing Harry Anderson. Well, no, we'll get. No, we'll. I don't really have. Much, I don't. I haven't seen much. Well, of I was going to tie that in. Like when I was a kid. I where does Night Court stand in the pantheon of of Son of the Beach? He was in that show. I remember that. that. I love that show. Uh, the pantheon of great sitcoms. Where does Night Court stand? Early Night Court, I would say it didn't. It didn't fare well. Like he, it was more of a rogues, not rogues gallery, but a quirky characters collection. You got to see a lot of people in there. Speaking of Michael Richards was on there. He got playing a guy who thought he was invisible, <laughs> uh, which was really, it was really good. Um, there was uh, Brent Spiner and this other woman played two awful hillbilly caricatures from West Virginia. Data from Next Generation. He he played he played that was his first character and it was it made him famous. Really, that's what got him the role on Star Trek: The Next Generation. It was a horrible caricature. Like if I if if current me had seen it, <laughs> I'd get I'd be up in arms writing the fucking network. Well, twittering the network probably. <laughs> but um, but in hindsight, it is funny. Um, but. The thing about it was they were good actors. Like you didn't you didn't realize how good of actors they were. And I'm talking about Harry Anderson was great. Richard Mulligan. Richard no, he wasn't in it. Richard, not Richard Mulligan. I'm talking John Larroquette. Bull. Bull. That's that's uh that's Richard something, right? That's Richard Mole. Ah, uh, see? Richard Mole actually was really good. John Larroquette was great. Like John Larroquette's still great, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he, and he was He sort of looks like my dad. <laughs> Yeah, he does. <laughs> I remember your dad. I read it from him. Um, but one of my favorite episodes was uh, the uh, Marsha Warfield played uh, one of the bailiffs. This big, I can't remember. Sassy Ross. Ross. Yeah, Ross was her name. And she got drunk. And she she wouldn't. No, I think it was diabetic. She went into a diabetic thing where she got dizzy and she would, you know, all kinds of stuff. And they had to give her a shot of insulin and she wouldn't take it. And she was too tough. She knocked everybody out that tried to get her. And finally, John Larroquette 
like she was going through this thing where she's like mom and she's like and, and he was like come here Rosalind and he gave her the shot and it was one of the most beautiful it was a great scene because it was really a lot of pathos and stuff man there was a lot of good 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 acting on that show and I don't think it gets the credit it deserves like it was a one of those things you used to watch late at night it's like a night court's coming on I'll throw it on you know what I mean and not really pay attention yeah I, I honestly I don't remember much about it I know dad liked it and it was on. I didn't really pay attention to anything when I was a kid. So, well, I mean, I, I can go back now and and appreciate the craft of a lot of TV shows. Like, um, and you see a lot of things that that became. There was a lot of innovation at that point in TV because they had to. You know, they didn't. Especially, you take something like Saint Elsewhere, ER ripped off Saint Saint Elsewhere so fucking much. Well, like every it, every cop show has has ripped off Hill Street, Street Blues. Blues. Yes, that grittiness and all that stuff. And, uh, NYPD Blue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all it's all they're all sort of, Law and Order. They're all sort of derivative of that. Yes, and that's when they they came up with all that stuff, you know. And and I and Seinfeld, it is the greatest sitcom of all time. Anybody who tells you differently is just. Foolish. It's not my favorite, but it probably is the greatest. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's not another show who changed pop culture so much as Seinfeld. Not I mean, one. People still, the people still, yes, they Seinfeld. still celebrate Festivus. Yada, in some yada, places. yada. <laughs> they ask if people are sponge worthy. Yeah, or uh, a more lesser known one. If you get a bad haircut, it's an Enzo. Yeah, <laughs> you get an Enzo. <laughs> but, I mean. I think my favorite. I don't know if it counts as a sitcom, but Always Sunny is my. I think it's the it, it definitely counts. TV show of all and time. it's and it's definitely. I'd say it's top five. I can't think of anything I like better than than that. I mean, I'd say top five goes Seinfeld, and I'll bump you. It's Always Sunny is probably number two. Um, number three would be. That's a tough one. I mean, Roseanne. Yeah, that's that's ran, that's up there. Ran nine years. Friends. Um, ran nine years. Friends was great. I think Seinfeld ran nine or ten. Nine. So nine's a pretty. I mean, Raymond. I think ran nine or ten. Raymond's not great. I don't I like care what anybody says. I don't think. I, it's, like I don't think it's Shut good. The fuck up. I don't think it's good. Had fucking Peter Boyle. I think is his name Peter Boyle. Yeah. <laughs> I like Peter Boyle. It's great. <laughs> um. Uh, I can't think of. I mean, I, I really liked How I Met Your Mother, but I wouldn't consider yeah, one of the best like ones. It. I don't like it at all. Um, Cheers. Cheers is pretty great. Frasier. Three's Company. For that matter. Uh, Frasier's top five. It might be number three. I don't like Frasier. You don't like Frasier? I just don't like Frasier. It's too snooty. I don't don't like the guy. You don't like him off screen or you don't like the character? Both. Both. I don't like him off screen. He's a right wing douchebag. He might be. He really is. He just seems like a smug asshole. Well, that's the And he's that too. But that's the thing I like about it. He's willing to poke fun at that because... Sideshow Bob, who he plays the voice of, is a Republican, and he's like he's ran as a Republican for. <laughs> now, can we include the Simpsons and all, and? Uh, oh, I forgot the Simpsons. Can they? Can is that another? But is that another, is that another genre? Yeah, is that? But no, it, it has to fit I mean, because it's, it's, there's situations and there's comedy. South Park, <laughs> yeah, animated comedies. Can, to, to me, the best animated comedy of all time is King of the Hill. Well, you got it's in my top five. South yeah. Park to me, South Park's great. Um. Rick and Morty's great. Yeah. It's not, but they don't have the legs yet. I mean, they have, have not been seasons. on. Yeah. I would say my favorite animated ones, South Park, Simpsons, King of the Hill. Um, 
F is for family is pretty funny. F is for family is fucking great. Doesn't have the legs yet. No. I've still, every now and then, even the new episodes of uh, Family Guy make me laugh pretty hard. Uh, I still like it a lot. I still watch it. Yeah. I think American Dad is underrated. American Dad's hilarious. Uh, It's all right. As a matter of fact, now that I thought about this, I'm going to actually, uh, I found where you can get episodes of King of the Hill at Home Seasons. Google Play. Word. Has all King of the Hill, so I'm going to get a Google Play app. Does and Amazon not have them? No, really? You sure? Used to. It says currently unavailable. I'm going to look. I bet there's somewhere that they're on. They're for, they're free somewhere. I don't know, man. They were free on uh, AdultSwim.com. Got to be free somewhere. And the time of my life. King of the Hill. Well, here's something awesome. King of the Hill. Frame King of the Hill autograph replica print. I want that for my fucking wall. That's great. King of the Hill season one. Currently unavailable. Wonder why. I don't know. Shut uh, up. Agreements with the content provider don't allow purchases of this title at, at this time. Hmm. Well, that's dumb. You get the DVD set, probably. Yeah. Get all 15 seasons on DVD. That's weird how cartoons can run for 15, 20, 30 seasons, but use, but sitcoms only, it seems like the, the highest one's nine, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, they wear out their welcome. King of the, King of the Hill mini tool lap. And also, I think it's mm. because cartoons can uh, get away with more. Yes, they can. I mean, it's... Um, I'm looking for how to. I think it's on my TV. I'll have to figure out how to do it back then. But um, there are things that cartoons can do. Not only extreme, but not extreme. That'll be funny. Yeah. Like, um, I'm talking deliberately not extreme. Like, Peggy Hill is pretty much a female Barney Fife. Yes. What she does on that show with her self-importance and all that shit is so fucking hilarious because they're always setting her up to fall. And she does. One time, literally, when she fell out of that fucking plane (laughs) and her chute didn't open. (laughs) It's fucking great. And they did that falling on her face. They did that on purpose because Peggy Hill is classically always falling on her face because she's so high on herself. Even the way she says her name. Hello, my name is Peggy Hill. <laughs> like investing it with some kind of, you know, like she's the queen of it. Yes, God, it's terrible. And they've had so many episodes based on that, where Hank has to just kind of roll his eyes and and he loves her and he deals with it. But everybody, everybody else can't stand Peggy, you know. And it is weird. Nobody really, nobody likes. Her. No, huh? Make fun of her. Like or fun her, her, her feet. Yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> you see when she was on a fetish website? <laughs> when she was stomp, when she was stomping on shit, and they were recording it, <laughs> and Bill, of course, was watching it. God, he's one of the best oh. characters ever. I feel always like, trying to kill him. I feel like him some days. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you are him. I Fuck think. you. <laughs> Who'd you rather be, him or Hank? Hank. Hank's awesome. Yeah, but he's not interesting. No, he's the least interesting guy. In the but that's the thing. That's 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 what's great about him. He's solid. He's dependable. He he is 
he's what his mower is. He's, <laughs> he's not. He's not Flash. <laughs> he's not. Uh, what is? Well, yeah, what is the name of his? Of their it's probably brand? a Gravely, but they probably changed the name. So. They did, but I'm trying to. Oh shit! He was in the mower races, and <laughs> of course, Dale Gribble bought the most expensive mower. He get it good to win, and uh, <laughs> he's because he's terrible. He's also a great character. Oh, he's like we were talking about one of the funniest episodes of that is a firefighting we will go where they burn the fucking station down as bald near firemen and they're each telling their story and it's from their point of view. So everything's radically different. You know, the funniest one of the funniest ones is Boomhauer's telling the story and everybody talks like Boomhauer <laughs> except him. <laughs> Hank's like, dang old kick his ass, man. And then, and then Boomhauer's like, Hank, will you be quiet for a second? I've been reading this article on vintage Camaros for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> and then, of course, Dale, um, he has a full head of hair and he's muscular. And he's like, <laughs> he's they, sort of did, they sort of did an episode like that in Always Sunny when uh, I think it was the. Last season or season before, where somebody was robbing a convenience store that they were all in, yeah, and they all told their story from their own point. Yes, of view. and yeah, so that's a pretty fun. That's what. See, that's funny. That's character driven comedy. I'm a big fan of character driven comedy because I, I've I, I believe the situational comedies aren't funny. There, it's only funny because oh look at the hijinks. No, that's not funny. What's funny is how you put how the characters react because they either they're going to react the way you think they're going to react, which is funny, or they're going to act completely out of character, which is sometimes even funnier. You know, Hank. He is always going to do shit that Hank would do. You know what I mean? Yeah, he never really uh, got out of character at all. He did one time when there was a. They took in a prostitute, Tammy. You see that one? I'm sure I did. <laughs> and they didn't know because him and fucking Peggy are so naive about the world. They just think everything's. Everybody's on the up and up and all this shit. And. He was driving his dad's Cadillac, which is, of course, is a loud, obnoxious car with horns on the front. <laughs> yeah. he, and, and Tammy bought him a fucking pimp's hat, and he thought it was a he's a look how look we look like a couple of movie stars. And Peggy's all dressed up like a whore because Tammy dressed her up. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the funniest—it's one of the funniest guest stars. Her pimp came looking for her. You know who her pimp was? Uh, Snoop fucking Dog playing Alabaster Jones was his name. And he's a white guy with a black guy's voice. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, fuck. And then P Hank got out of the car and he's like trying to, he's trying to defuse the situation. And he, you know, this guy's coming after Tammy. He's like, Let me, let's me and you talk some business. <laughs> I am the Kent Mac daddy of Heimlich County. <laughs> Talking shit. Uh Fucking Barbara Bush died. Um, she seemed like a nice lady. I don't think she was. I I'm, think I'm not going to say anything too terrible about her. No, 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 I'm not going to say anything bad. But she I, married I think a she, war criminal. And she uh, well, war I think criminal. she's the matriarch of a political family, and they're not good, and they're not nice people. No, George seems like a nice guy that got caught up in some shit. George <laughs> is a war hero. He's all kinds of things. If you're a war hero, I'll give you a pass on, on most anything. So w, I'm talking about W. Oh God! Definitely I, a war criminal. Yes, Seems not like a nice not, guy to have not a Herbert with. Walker Bush. No. no, H.W. He's definitely a war hero. And, uh, he was a pilot. He was an ace. Also, the head of the CIA might have had something to do with the assassination of Kennedy. <laughs> and that and that that family has a lot of uh, money. Well, that but skullduggery <laughs> around them because they're not oh, yeah. they're not Texas. They're blue bloods from. From New England Yeah they're not from Texas Yeah and, and They but, talk like they're from Texas Well W does 
He's the only one. Jeb doesn't. No, Jeb is <laughs> Jeb is Barbara's son. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, George doesn't claim him. <laughs> no, no he, he claims him. He's just you know. I bet George spent a lot of time calling him a little faggot whenever he was going on. He was probably the he. Uh, he was the Peter Brady. <laughs> Uh, but Peter Brady turned out to be like the hot one and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, after the show. Have you have you, have you ever seen uh, Bobby as an adult? One of the ugliest human beings I've ever seen. <laughs> Mike Lookingland. God, he's ugly. <laughs> and Barry Will Barry Williams was bald, and he's still awesome. Like he's hilarious. He's still Barry Williams. But it, I love he. Uh, we're all over the map. I just who love, cares? I love sitcoms. I love that he was banging Florence Henderson back in the day. No, they just went on one day. He no, wasn't banging he her. her. He was digging her out. No, he wasn't. He was fucking <laughs> putting the coal to her. He he took her on a date, and I love the fact. I read one of my favorite books ever is Growing Up Brady. They used Wesson oil as lube. <laughs> God, that'd be awesome. <laughs> no, but uh, I read Growing Up Brady. He held on to those weird things that she had hanging on the side of her face, her moil, uh, her, her Jewish locks. Yeah, he was banging her from behind. Her hair was terrible. Whatever. She was a piece, though. She was a piece. Jan ended up being the hottest daughter. I don't know about that, dude. In one of the last episodes, it might be the last episode where they were at Kings Island. She was a fucking smoke show. But as they she had come up, into her own. I mean, have you seen the girl that played Marsha recently? No, I'm. I'm not, looks great. I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about when they were had come of age. You know what I mean? Oh. When they were all pretty much in that. 13, 14 yes, years what, old. No, no. When they were like 17 or 18, she was the hottest one. Well, let's go back to 13 or 14. Let's not. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We don't want this show taken they're off They're way older than us. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally, I wasn't even alive when the show was on. I mean, just caught it in reruns. Uh, okay. Here, that's that's a um, Marsha Brady or Marsha Warfield, but let's talk about that. Marsha Warfield, are you kidding me? <laughs> Think about good times. <laughs> um, Eve Plum, actually, the, the woman who the girl who played Jan, actually ended up being a really good actress. She was in this TV movie where she played a teen prostitute, and Not she was my fucking great. Never seen it. No, I, I read stuff about her, like Barry Williams in the book Growing Up Brady. He actually did a a detailed thing about what, who they were and why they were great and all kinds of stuff. And I mean, that was a great book because it's not just a bunch of tell-all bullshit. It's just a bit. It's a. It's a. You know, it's a memoir of of all these people they really loved and how they were. And he and he brought other people's stories and like um, uh, cousin Oliver. <laughs> God, that kid was in a band actually. No, oh, called God. the Jellyfish. Terrible. Yeah, I wonder if they're any good. I think it was je- the Jellyfish. Look him up. That's what I'm going to do. See, like right there. I'm sorry. Jan is way better looking than Marsha in that picture. Maybe in that picture, but as they got older. That's that's towards the end of the show. I'm talking about right now, as we speak. That'd probably be her today. Yeah, it's probably close. She still looks pretty good. She's pretty. You think this is because of Oliver's band? It's not the jellyfish. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is pretty bad. Yeah, it is. I just, I just like this. Oh my god! I need this shirt. <laughs> the new Jan Brady. <laughs> Where'd you get that fucking wig? <laughs> anyway, anywho, as we were talking about, I, that's a, that is a classic example of a show. That had virtually zero character-driven comedy. It was all situational. 
you didn't know who the characters were. There was nothing that set them apart. Uh, you know, other than Peter being the hero that one time and he became a creep and he had that hero party. Remember that? I don't remember. Where it that. went to his head and he saved the little girl's life. As, oh, okay. I yeah, it was just awful. He, mm-hmm. he had a party and nobody came and it was just because. There was like these episodes where they go on vacation and like they found like a. Some sort of an idol or something, and bad luck. Yeah, that was the him. Hawaii episode. You know what I love though in uh, Dickie Roberts' former child star, him One Barry of the Williams of all time. <laughs> Barry Williams, Leif Garrett, and all them, and sit around playing fucking cards. <laughs> and Barry Williams throws in the idol as, as a fucking as an ante. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen Dickie Roberts' former child star. I've never seen it. I'm a fan with every, anything that has David Spade in it. I'll tell you that right now. Um, what do you think about this? Andre so enjoyed flatulence. When he passed gas, it was it was an event. Vince McMahon talking about farts. How, how, do I like it? Well, you know my dislike for Vince McMahon. <laughs> you should love Vince McMahon. He brought you so much joy over the years. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. The other one did. Who, Stephanie? Or well, she brings enjoyment now. <laughs> These two heaping flatulence. That was his trademark. And he had a real knack for lifting his left leg. I would see him go into the launch position and I'd say, Oh my god. Who's that guy? Here it comes. Tim White, former referee. He never oh, okay. heard and he was Andre's like handler. It. it sounded like, you know, like a deep roar kind of like thing. It would rumble. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of of Andre taking a fart? Taking a fart. Well, they were loud. How, did, how much you want to bet that Mean Gene Oakland was a really you tough guy in real life? Get you in an elevator and cut one of those long 30-second farts. Yeah, dude. It sounded like skin was flapping together. Yeah, brother. Let <laughs> <laughs> me tell you about Andre's farts, once dude. we charter a plane. Yeah, brother. But to see the pilots, you know, almost like somebody gets smoke in their eyes. I'm like, you're <laughs> the plane, Andre. Yeah, you can't fart like that in your pants. And the pilots would be... GD this, F that, God, never, never on this plane again. <laughs> God, Hulk Hogan, and Vince McMahon talking about Andre the Giant's farts. Yeah, brother. Sometimes he'd fart, dude. And when he'd fart, it would smell bad. Because <laughs> that's what it is, dude. It's a little particles of shit, bro. <laughs> I like the fact that I was checking a piece of mail when you said that and it caught me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's particles of shit, brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wish the Macho Man was alive to talk about Andre the Giant's farts. <laughs> Andre's farts were the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would ton of fart and clear up the entire locker room. I remember when I was working at Tudors, I was obsessed with getting in the creamers and sending pictures of creamers to everybody. <laughs> I did it to a late of 50 times. <laughs> one time I just shared a picture of a creamer. And one time I shared a box of creamers. Because <laughs> she, you know, she. Would get, Who are you talking about? Huh? Who are you talking about? Who? You said somebody's name. I said Elena. I would I send. Who's that? Oh, uh, she's just this girl. That, a friend of yours? Yeah. I mean. Okay. I've never heard. That's an odd name. Black girl? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Big girl. Big black. Six girl. foot eight. Like. Wow. Yeah. Is she in the WNBA? She is. WNBA. WNBC. <laughs> God damn it. That movie <laughs> is so fucking funny. Fucking Paul Giamatti is great in that. <laughs> He's so unlikable and in that movie. There's so much tits Pig and vomit. ass in that movie. Yes. I mean. Jenna Jameson's big fake tits. 
Is she the one straddling the yes. speaker? And, yeah. Hey, if there's any girls out there, I want to turn the bass up on. <laughs> <laughs> straddle, straddle your head your earbuds <laughs> yeah, who has a big speaker anymore <laughs> i did turn the bass up too yeah <laughs> i bet that oh was speaking annoying. of uh speaking of stereos i was stereo stereo uh, my brother does have the part to the samsung uh, of course he does have we talked about this on the show we have not you but you uh your brother was had no use for his. Uh, it's a really nice wired Samsung, stereo system. Samsung's uh, surround sound stereo mm-hmm. system, and he gave you all the speakers and everything to go with it, and no receiver, no receiver. <laughs> so he just gave you some stuff. He's like, "I don't want this anymore. You throw it away." I Essentially, hope I hope he's going to ship it to me. <laughs> There's no way he's going to do that. Probably not. Definitely not. You'll see it Thanksgiving. <laughs> Because when when did you get this stuff? Probably Christmas? Two months ago. Okay. So, yeah, you're never seeing this. Maybe Thanksgiving. Yeah, maybe. comes home for Thanksgiving. He's in in Alabama now, though. Alabama. Alabama. Why in the fuck would he be in Alabama? I don't know. The exact opposite place for him. It's a job. Still. And I don't think he likes cold weather, so I think Alabama might fit, fit with him. Yeah, but all the southern people? Well, that's true, but <laughs> you know what the cool thing about Alabama is, probably? They're, they've got beaches and stuff, so there's probably this very small Alabama surfing group. Like, you'd think that in Carolina, North Carolina, you wouldn't have a lot of surfers. Carolina Beach had a fuck ton of surfers. But I don't know, a lot of people say that the Atlantic is not as good as surfing as the Pacific. That's what I hear. I don't I mean, I talk I, to a, I don't talk to a lot of surfers. I've talked to well, I've talked to people who surf both. Not a lot, but uh, living down there there's actually a guy who said he said I, I hate the winters here but the summer surfing here is so good that it makes me stay. And I was like, "Why don't you go back to California?" He said, "Man, California's all right." But he said I said, "Yeah, it's beautiful." He said, "Yeah, but just think about if you had the most fantastic flavor of ice cream but you had to eat it all the time." How yeah. good would that be? It's like, always yeah, that's fair, you know. Even the winter, it's like eighty degrees, ninety degrees. Yeah. That being said, though, it rains sometimes. Having, having watched the Lost Boys, I know that's a fictional city, but I found out where they where they filmed that movie, and I want to go to these places. They film it in Santa Cruz, which seems like a really cool place, at it least does. in that point. It has a cool cool boardwalk. I mean, it has other you than know the vampires. <laughs> the movie's a documentary. Yeah, it is. Somehow, Corey Heyman, Corey Feldman. There's something about living in Santa Carla I never could stomach. What was the name of the Oh, town? the damn vampires. Was that Santa the, Carla? Santa Carla. Yeah. <laughs> I've been obsessed with that the past, Saint Carla. Past, past few days, like, fucking watching it. I love that fucking movie, dude. You know, Santa Carla means a whale's vagina. <laughs> Found in 1804 by the Germans. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, well, I like what she goes... Yeah, there's no way there's, that's correct. <laughs> oh, agree to disagree. When in Rome. <laughs> that doesn't apply to this. <laughs> agree to disagree then. He would be, you know, Ron Burgundy, let's debate. He would work at Fox News. You know he would. Oh, God. He doesn't care. Yeah. He'll just read whatever's in no, front I'm of him. No, I'm saying, though, that would be the... Uh, that would Go be, fuck yourself, Sandy. Because yeah. they, they have the least amount of accountability, and he'd want to work in the, at, the, at the place where you have the least amount of accountability. Yeah, that's true. So, well, you remember Anchorman 2, how that was like the setting up of CNN where you could just say whatever. Yeah. So that's that you're right about that. Yeah. They just did whatever they wanted. Uh, if it bleeds, it leads, all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Which uh, 
Reminds me of the movie Nightcrawler. You ever seen that? I have not with Jake Gyllenhaal. Isn't there a giant spider at the end of it? Superb. I don't know about that. There's one of them where he's like, he's like crazy, and at the end he Donnie Darko. He walks in this. No, no. He walks in this room and there's a giant spider in there. That's Bubble Boy. No. (laughs) Donnie Darko. I love that fucking movie. But um, no, Nightcrawler is about fucking. Paparazzi. Well, not paparazzi. Just like uh, you listen to the scanner. If something happens, you go and you find, and you take your camera and you film it. And uh, they're called stringers. Mm-hmm. You take your camera and you film what's going on. You sell it to the uh, news organization hmm. to the highest bidder. Pretty much all it's about. And it's really fucking good. But it gets to the point not to spoil the movie. But it's a really good movie, and you should watch it anyway. It's about the journey, not the destination. People. <laughs> but it gets to the point where he's causing things to get footage. Shit. Yeah. It's fucking great. And he, so he's and, playing a real creeper type, type yeah, dude. Yeah, a real creeper. It's a fucking great movie. It's it's, it's got he's the, a good actor because he can go from Donnie Darko. Darko is really charming. He's very charming. And October Sky is charming as shit. I don't even know if I've seen it. October Sky, really? I'm not sure. Why would I see that movie? Because it's based in West Virginia. Why would I give a fuck if it's based? So it's when a date with Tad Hamilton. It's true. Yeah, Fraser's Bottom. Yeah, there's no Piggly Wiggly in Fraser's Bottom. There's nothing in Fraser's Bottom. It's in Eleanor. There's they, no, everybody there's says in it's Fraser's in, Bottom. in Fraser's Bottom, but it's in Eleanor. I don't give a fuck. It's a really nice area of the state. It is though. nice. I mean, they got the Toyota plant right mm-hmm. there. So Bazoomba. Yeah. Uh, I'm just talking about the the geography. It's great. It's rolling hills as opposed to mountains. It's you know the river. You got Winfield. Winfield's a nice little town. It is. That that area uh, of the state is more like Ohio, like classic Ohio, where like it's, like it's a suburb out of Mister Belvedere or something. You know what I mean? Like if the local school was good. The you know the streets are nice. People are. It's a nice little. I mean, I'm there a lot. Have you ever driven through towns? I drive through towns a lot that are picture perfect. Yeah. Where? Um, Buffalo is pretty nice if you just drive through. There's some shit on the back back roads mm. that are. That can get a little bit sketch. Yeah. Um, Winfield's pretty nice if you're just driving through. Um, I'm not talking about the sprawl off of the off of the freeway. You know, <laughs> like I'm talking about the in in city. Um, Ripley's a shithole. If you're just driving through, it's not that, not too bad. Mm, I don't like it. Um, Ravenswood. Ravenswood is nice as fuck. It, yeah, I mean, I've seen the the dark points of Ravenswood though. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's just not the not. Do you, you play them in ball? No, no. I just have to go there a lot for work. All right. Uh, Spencer's pretty cool. Spencer is pretty nice. nice. Um, Princeton. Fayetteville's nice. Fayetteville. Lewisburg. I've never been to Lewisburg. Lewisburg's pretty nice. I've seen the dark. The. Uh, I mean, it's just like anywhere else in West Virginia. There's going to be some. Sketch. You go two minutes any any direction. Somebody's on meth scr- scratching themselves on a corner. Yeah, I've seen a lot, a lot around here. There's a trailer here, really with the bad. smell of uh, the smell of formaldehyde and fucking ammonia, battery acid, battery acid. Um, there's a town like there was a stretch of highway that me and Annie drove through because we had to route. I was taking her from um, we were on Lake Erie going to Cedar Point. I take her back to Michigan. It's about a two hour drive, you know. So we got diverted around this massive. <laughs> God, what is that? Scratching noises. Yeah, it's a foley. I'm a foley artist. <laughs> yeah. 
um, we had to route around this massive wreck that happened on the on the highway. So we went down, went down these side roads. It was the most beautiful, gorgeous stretch of land ever. I mean, the towns were all beautiful. The streets were clean. The shops were full. And they were Main Street shops. People were in coffee shops. There were record shops. It was like I hit a fucking time warp. I'm like... Are we in the 50s? Yeah, it's like, where the fuck did this come from? To come to Michigan. Might be the prettiest place I've ever seen in my life. Well, I mean... That is um, East Washington Street in Charleston right now. Yeah, there's a record with all the with all the urban renewal that's going on. Parks, yeah, mm-hmm. and there's little restaurants, Bluegrass Kitchen, Tricky Fish, Red Road. Yeah, the they've really, glass. really, they've really reclaimed that. Like it was sketch for a long Wendy's, time. McDonald's, hey, rallies, Wendy's. All the houses there are really fucking nice. Have you noticed that? Well, they they're. I mean, they're all old as fuck. I know. I mean, it's old. Uh, gay people are moving in and redoing them all. Well, they're the best people. I know that for a fact because whenever I lived there, across Washington Street behind Empty Glass used to be pretty sketchy mm-hmm. projects. And then, like about a year into me living there, I'm seeing rainbow flags going up all over the place. And during the um, what is that? The uh, East End Yard Sale. Yes. We went around everywhere, and then I went over there. Just gay people all over the place selling stuff for way overpriced. And they're all so friendly. <laughs> they were great. Or they're very, fantastic. or they're very snotty. Either way, you never, you don't know if if they mean what they're saying. Right. They're, they're a very, very mean group. But they're uh, they're very shallow. They're nice. I'm just. <laughs> 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 they um, okay. uh, they've sort of reclaimed it and and. Now it's pretty nice. That's to come to Michigan. That looks great. Yeah, looks that looks like uh, Main Street in Ripley. To be quite honest, I mean, it looks like Main Street almost anywhere. Somersville. I mean, that's to come to Michigan. Nice. I'm looking for the. I mean, I was me and Annie both. I mean, because she lives in Portage and Kalamazoo, which is nice, but it's nice in that urban kind of way. You know, there are some sketch parts to it. You know, and. Some nice places. It's not very. It's not. It's not homogenous. Tecumseh had nice bridges over little rivers. It's like it's like a human version of the fucking Shire from the Hobbit. Like Pleasantville. Yes, I mean it was just. What do you? How do you feel about that movie, Pleasantville? I love it. Pretty great movie. It's a, it's way underrated. Raindrops on roses and whiskers the on kittens. Holiday lighting on Chicago Boulevard and Tecumseh, Michigan. This looks like a town where it's all white people with nice fifty to seventy-five thousand dollar a year jobs. Absolutely, and everybody goes to town meetings and they all make decisions. Yeah, and they're all involved in the civic process. What the fuck is wrong with that? Not the all white people. I don't agree with that, but I'm saying the. <laughs> I mean, I can agree with it. Well, I mean, I, if it happens, it happens. <laughs> all I'm saying. I can neither <laughs> agree nor disagree. I don't really give a shit. But as long as it's not Freedom to associate, all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. But I'm saying that Just don't sit at the counter. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, but I'm talking about how uh, people used to be committed to the civic process. Yeah, they're not anymore. And they and yeah, nobody wants to take time out. And I'm one of those people. But we don't have a town. Yeah, we don't. I mean, we could. This is a nice little area right here. Who do you think would be mayor here? You think me and you could run on a double ticket? I think we could, but I would I, mayor I, enforcer. I, I would. <laughs> I would want us to run in opposition to each other. <laughs> Stack the deck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Twitter Twitter wars with each other. <laughs> Across the tracks would be demarcation areas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, back in the day, black people weren't allowed to live on this hill. Is that right? Yeah. 
Hmm. I didn't know that. Way back. I mean, back in the 90s, I think. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the 90s. And I've heard that from people that lived up here. So. But favorite things. You go first. Um, the time period of the 40s, 50s, and, and early 60s in Los Angeles. Yeah, because we had a... We had a a 15 year old boys night last night we, Yeah we did We went and bought a bunch of video games awesome. And I went and got a bunch of pizza <laughs> It was great <laughs> Played video games for like four hours Yeah um, It's just a It's noirish But but at the same time te- In Technicolor Yeah I mean and it's beautiful And it's But it's also sad Because it's such a Really a small point of Point in time Where America had won the war and and it's really just glitz and and glamour. Glamour is from a, is an old thing from a like a, glamour is a fairy spell that thing it makes things look beautiful that are actually yeah. Aren't. That's what they used to do on um um what's the name of that vampire show? Sucky, uh, True Blood. The, yeah, the vampires could glamour people. Yeah, into doing what they wanted. But also, uh, True Blood had fairies and stuff in it. I think and and werewolves. Sucky and was a fairy. Was she? Yeah. I need to check that out because I love, love I just love that idea. You'd like that show because it's it's a lot like, um, even if you if you're not into the the supernatural crap about it, it's violence and nudity. Neat. Yeah, just I'm like down. just like Game of Thrones in that way. Game of Thrones tells a lot better we story. Take that back. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean yeah, even no, if, you, if you even mean. if you're not into med- medieval, I want bullshit. to read those books. Charlene Harris wrote those. I want to read them because. They seem really good. Co- really even good. if you're not into the medieval stuff about it, like you got your violence, and there's going to be some nudity at some point in every episode. Well, it's like we talked about. You could set Game of Thrones in, like, you know what you could do? You could set Game of Thrones in the '80s corporate world. Yeah, and it would work. Somebody made a trailer perfectly. about that. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, yeah brother. They they were like they were running competing businesses and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Somebody made a fan made trailer like that. I guess they had like their own actors and shit. I don't know. I remember being pretty cool. I'll, I'll check that out here in a minute. Um, but that's what we were talking about. The best stories working in in context. Like we're saying, it's driven by characters. It's not driven by events. Events have a very limited. Events are only a backdrop to what characters are going to do. Yeah, like uh, you were playing L.A. Noir last night. Yeah, which it's it's a tough game to. Uh, to it's very complex. I mean, you, you got to ask questions, and you got to get. You can't questions figure out right. when they're lying and all kinds of yeah, shit. It's yeah, really, it's ahead of its time, and they haven't tried to redo it. Right, but um, just Los Angeles then was, and I'm, I think they got it right as as they could. Well, I think they got it right as in a um, Elmore Leonard novel. Yeah, you know, very downbeat jazz. You know, kind of. I read uh, I read L.A. Confidential. And I think it's Elmore Leonard. I don't know. I'll look it up. I've got the book on my Kindle. I know he did Justified. You ever watch Justified? Yeah, I didn't, but I know it's great. Like, I can just tell. I'm pretty sure every season of it is on Amazon Prime. But yeah, it's uh, it's real good. It's probably one of the best shows I've ever seen. Elmore Leonard, American novelist. He's probably dead now, I think. Get Shorty. James Elroy is who wrote it. James Elroy. 
Raylan Pronto. Because here's the uh, cover to it. It's actually a beautiful cover. It looks, it's so spot on. Let's see if I can get a picture of the cover. The fun thing about the Alien Noir game is you're driving cars from the late 40s and they drive like they're from the late 40s. Yeah, they use the same font mm-hmm. for, for uh, Alien Noir. It's, uh, I think that's before they made the movie. Like that, that's an ending scene and they, they recreate that shot pretty much perfectly. I mean, yeah, I remember that, you showed me the movie. That, yeah. And I can't believe you hadn't seen it, even though, man, the book and the movie very, differ wildly. Like it's basically, it's just characters from the book that are in the movie and some small events like, uh, Bud White falling in love with, uh, Kim Basinger, whatever. Bassinger. Whatever her character's name was. And then the Pierce Patchett paying her to fuck Guy Pierce's character, Eminem Exley, Exley. And then Bud White coming into the, <laughs> into the police department and beating the dog shit out of, <laughs> picks up that chair, throws him over the fucking table, just beating the shit. You know what I love though? Best about that is is Guy Pierce's reaction when he knows he's going to have to fight him. When he holds that picture in front of him, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "There's no way I can outfight this guy." Because you know? like, Bud White is a fucking force. He, he's you can't. He's one of these guys who's just brutally strong. There's nothing you can do to stop him. You know, and it's just and he, and it's the fifties. Nobody lift weights back then. You know, that's the thing. Were people stronger now or then? Because they had to gain strength back then by working, <laughs> by working in, by by events, basically. Now we have we can get it in the gym, but that's that's CrossFit is is as close as you're going to get to that kind of strength. But I don't believe that's so either, because some of the shit they're doing in CrossFit doesn't translate to other things. Well, it's and also it's the way they do it. They do it as a competition, right? And. It's real easy to get hurt. You hear about people getting hurt all the people time. People get hurt all the time. The guy who found a CrossFit's a couch potato now, isn't he? I think so. He hurt his back so bad that he can barely move. But I have to say, they look great. Yeah, Especially the women. Oh, yeah. But I would say that they're, a lot of them, with any competition, Freakonomics taught me this, there's somebody cheating. Of course. So there's steroids in that sport. They're getting around it somehow. Because there's no way some of those women aren't on steroids or some kind of, you know what I mean? Some kind of supplemental help. And I'm not saying a woman can achieve that. That's That sounds, you know, like a, like me being, I can't even find words anymore. <laughs> it's hard to find words sometimes. Misogynist or, oh yeah. You know, and I'm not, I'm just saying that. Usually, women their body fat percentage is much higher. Just that's just the way it is. And these women's body fat percentage is ridiculously low. So, and they're very muscular. So I don't see that being sometimes that possible because there's a lot of they prove this. There's a lot of these women who are going around uh, like Daniel and Bailey and stuff like that, claiming they're natural. That's bullshit. She's not natural. She's on fucking juice. She's definitely on juice. You can tell whenever they wear tight uh, the, the tight pants. Yeah, you can see their clit. Yeah, because their clits are penises now. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but it's true. <laughs> and their jaws are square. 
Yeah, and they and they smoke Marlboro Reds, <laughs> <laughs> and they throw beer cans at the TV and yeah. complain about the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they don't even like the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they roll cigarettes up in their sleeves, grease their hair back. Yeah, that's that the funny. That was one of the, that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Is we as there was this guy who was a friend of ours at uh, Cedar Point. He's from New York, and he was the funniest fucking guy. For one thing, I hated him. And I liked him at the same time. I hated him because he was handsome. He was funny. He was all these things. I'm talking devastatingly handsome. Every woman who saw him just was, oh, my God, this guy. He's an actor. And he was just doing it as a summer job. And I would be surprised if I haven't actually seen him again as as a famous person. You know what I mean? But anyway, (laughs) we were driving, and he had never really seen seagulls. He was from the city, you know. And... uh, (laughs) We were driving along, and all the other seagulls there, there's little white ones. And then there's this gray, giant, gray bastard sitting there. <laughs> and all the other seagulls around him, and he's like, Jesus Christ, look at that fucking seagull. That thing needs to have a pack of cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve. <laughs> I started laughing. I was driving. I was like, <laughs> uh, there's pictures of my dad wearing, like, uh, greaser's blue, uniform. Blue jeans. Yeah. Leather jacket Cuffed. over his shoulder. Yeah. Cigarettes up in his sleeve. Uh, Fifty-seven Chevy, but that was a thing. You know, a fifty-seven Chevy. That's one of the coolest periods in history, in American history. Yeah, everybody looked cool back then. I, Even the nerds were like, "Yeah, that's not bad." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the greasers versus the socias. You remember that? I mean, the book is great, but the, the outsiders. The movie is fucking fantastic. Yeah, it is, and it, and it had a lot of people in it. Matt Patrick Dillon, Swayze, Patrick Tom Swayze, Cruise, Tom Cruise. Even though Tom Cruise was markedly Tom Cruise in it. Um, <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Greasers, the socials, it's a thing, right? <laughs> what, a, what a fucking douchebag. Um, I think the only, th- I think one of the only movies I really just didn't at, at some point n- despise him in is his first ris- risky business. I think that's the only movie I didn't really just hate him. You know, I think that was before Scientology. Oh, I would say. I'm not sure when he got into that, but, uh, I was surprised he he took the role in uh, Magnolia because there's so much cursing and respect the cock, tame the cunt. Like that's he's like a a men's rights activist telling men men to take control back or whatever. That was his yeah. role in that movie. <laughs> and uh, I was surprised that he, that's one of Bradley's favorite movies. It's really good. I mean, very apocalyptic. It's also pretty pretentious. Like it rains frogs at one point and. But everything that could go wrong with all these people went wrong. Yeah. And then why not have fucking frogs rain down and then everybody sings a, an Amy Man song? <laughs> yeah. Have you never seen it? No. I think you would like it. I probably would. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's got all kinds what, of awesome usually, dudes. Usually what, I, what he likes, I like. You know, uh, we have very similar taste. It's really, really, really good. But at some point, I mean, it's 47 hours long. Yeah, I know. It was like three fucking VHS tapes. I have it, I think, over there on DVD if you want. Uh, I'll, if you I'll want look to it up. give it a gander. Yeah. I'm I mean, like, it's really good. But It's like Requiem for a Dream. I'm not going to watch that. It's good, but it's a beating. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think I can do it. And it's not like that's even long or anything, but it's it's just like, fuck. Yeah. How much of this shit can these people take? What, drug addicts? Yeah. Uh, a lot. A fair amount. Yeah. It turns you out. You see that around here. Oh yeah, 
when their bodies are just quitting on them and they're and they're aging ten years for one year. Have you noticed that shit? Yeah, they look awful. I, I've known a few that were able to claw their way back out of it and re- and reclaim a part of their youth and it not be stamped on them, but they just barely missed it. And it's you know, like the uh, the police put out like who they've arrested lately and on and what charges, and it shows their mugshots and like. The Philip Jones, twenty seven. I'm like, oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. He looks like, like he's, he's fifty. 50. Yeah. Oh God, meth is poison. It's just gonna. It's, <laughs> the guy you bust for weed is he's gonna be sitting there yeah. laughing. You know, it's gonna look like Pineapple Express. He's sitting there laughing in the middle of the picture. Apparently, there's a movement now that's happening inside the government to decriminalize marijuana. Nationally. That's awesome. Well, that's because there's money at stake now. John Boehner has has invested in marijuana, and my stocks are going to take the fuck off. Um, yeah, I think Chuck Schumer's writing a bill now to decriminalize nationally and leave it up to the states, which would mean Jeff Jeff Sessions will drop dead of a fucking heart attack. Oh God, he wants to do it so bad, but they told him to lay off. Yeah, I know. That's good. Yeah, it is good. I wonder what's going to happen. Decriminalized nationally. It's going to come to a point where there's going to be a crescendo of people who who are standing in the way of it. Prison guards, cops. They've been standing in the way of. I know. That's what I'm saying. The textile industry. Yeah, but that crescendo is going to collapse. And ten years from now, we're going to be like we're all going to be sitting around laughing. How the fuck has this ever been illegal? In a hundred years of like prison, what's that? Two hundred years probably. Maybe two hundred. Eventually, the that has to be phased out, right? No. Societies societies incarcerate more. They, they incarcerate more as they go along. They don't incarcerate less. They have, we have to get rid of that, though. I want to see it gotten, gotten rid of. It, but history does not... It does not paint rosy pictures of anything, if you, if you study anything. You know, well, I don't. Civilizations don't collapse in an orderly fashion. They collapse in quite chaotic fashion. But eventually, they're going to be able to. Eventually, I, I believe they're going to be able to edit genes before people are born that will take any kind of criminality or anything out of them. That's a clockwork orange. That's not good. Well, I mean, it's not good, but that's going to fucking happen. Probably. There's they're already working on it. It's called CRISPR. You can. Everybody's I mean, like the the UFC. If we think it looks primitive, the old shit. That we just watched, if we think UFC 2 looks primitive, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be, everybody looks like Brock Lesnar with 0% body fat. And because they'll be able to edit genes before they're born, oh, we're going to turn this one into a super athlete. We're going to have another kid. He's going to be a neuroscientist. And next kid's going to be a... Um, why would they separate those out? Why don't you just make one person all of that? I mean, you can. But why hog all of it? I mean... Why wouldn't you haul all of it? Know. If you had the option, why wouldn't you? He wouldn't have time to do all that stuff. Bullshit. He be a world He's going to have 200-year lifespan. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, people are never going to die eventually. Well, once we figure that out. <laughs> that's why I love uh, Tad Williams' book, Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn. Uh, the Dragon Bone Chair and all that stuff, because it's a Sith, they are a truly immortal race. And... He's trying to describe to him the press of centuries after a while. And they 
they talk about humans as they've gotten given this great gift. And they said, what is the gift you keep talking about? They say, death. You get to die. You have a certain amount of time to do things in. It makes things much more expeditious. You make sure shit is done. You do things, you know, it is a process that you have to go through. And it makes makes you more, basically, makes you more ambitious. He said, there are people who sit around and play this game called Shent, which is a, a chess game, for a thousand years. Because that's what they do. Because they'll never die. And they say that's horrible. It is horrible to even contemplate. And that's why Simon is thinking about it. And he said, yes, it is horrible to even think about. He said, everybody thinks they want to live forever until they actually are given the live forever option. And then would you want to live forever? I don't know. I think I might. But as, if everybody else is going to die around me, that no, then I don't want it. What kind of life would that be? Well, then you could meet new people. That's fair, but you would you'd still be who you are. You know what I mean? It's like I there are so many different ways to handle an Im- immortality question in fiction. Mary Sarnthor is a great one. That is a great way of looking at it. But also uh, Anne Rice's books when they're talking to vampires about how the press of centuries and you know and how it, it's sometimes not pleasant. You know you because they sleep sometimes for a hundred years. And when they wake up, they're complete. The world is completely changed because, and the song Jason Isbell, "If We Were Vampires," how they would they the lyrics go, we would sit outside and smoke cigarettes and and laugh at people, and and how things are cheapened because you have forever to do it. You know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's nothing. It, it goes back to the old parable about the the guy in Japan who's getting chased by a tiger and he has to run to a cliff and he climbs out on this branch and below him he sees another tiger and the branch is getting ready to break and then he sees a a strawberry growing on the branch and he picks it and he eats it and he says it's the sweetest strawberry and the sweetest thing he's ever had in his life because death is imminent and that's and you only have to look at the gifts that you're given right now is a fantastic way of looking at things but it was also extremely depressing yeah. uh, so um interview the vampire does that memory soren memory soren thorn does that um another great one was uh star trek voyager when they had well, fucking um the the i can't think of the name of the fucking movie right now uh about the board the uh robots uh harrison ford blade runner blade runner i don't think they're immortal well, the 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 one that what's his name plays, and he's been alive forever, and he's seen so much, and he's ready to die. What's his name? Um, Dave DePe- Batista? No, the new, the old one. Harrison Ford, not Harrison Ford's. No, the he played the in the fucking hubbub with a shotgun. He was Rudger Howard. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's been alive forever, and he's seen. No, so no, no. Much. They don't live forever. They live very brief. I thought that was what the thing was all about. Is he seen? No, that? he's he's seen so many things that. He, went, he They were looking for more life. They're, they have a five-year lifespan. Oh, maybe I just miss. He was that. saying he was saying all the things he's go, he's seen that are going to dis- disappear like tears in the rain because he doesn't get to share them because his lifespan is so short uh, that he can't share them with anyone. You know what I mean? He doesn't get to grow old. He they just drop dead at one point. They go. They slip into a coma and die. They don't age. They just die. So there's no youth. Where you're learning shit, there's no healthy adulthood where you take the lessons you've learned and live a fucking awesome adult life. And there's no 
end of life where you l- reflect back on the awesome shit you've done and now you can as Pat Oswalt says getting the most fantastic flu where you're going to die and, and your enemies are fucking subdued and the world is at your feet and you pull the blanket over you and you take your fucking shot of acid and then you lay on that fucking couch and everything's great because all the enemies are conquered there's that but there's also in Star Trek Voyager there's this race John Delaney plays one I'm called Q and he's, he was constantly plaguing the Enterprise. He was like this character. But there was one where the Q, the continuum are all one being, but they're different beings, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Because it's, they're all omnipotent. How do you have more than one omnipotence? You don't. So it's just aspects of one creature. And this one, he comes to Voyager and he asks Janeway, he's just like, I want you to help me die. And she's like, why? You're a Q. You have all this fan, all these amazing powers and all this stuff. Why would you want to die? The universe is your oyster. Well, you know, and he's just like, let me show you what that is like from my point of view. <laughs> let me break that down to you. So he takes her and he, they're on this windswept piece of fucking hard scrub desert road in the middle of bumfuck even nowhere. And there's a little diner sitting there and sitting outside. Is a fucking oh god! I love that fucking song. <laughs> and there's a scarecrow sitting outside, blowing in the wind. And in, inside, there's a pinball game and coffee. And you just sit there. And he said to me, "That's what this is." She's like, "The whole breadth and and in and infinite nature of the universe is this to you?" He said, "Yeah, I have forever. I have all the power that I ever want." He said. Imagine that you have to do this every day and you have to play that pinball machine or you have to you have to walk that street or you have to do something like that to just occupy the press of fucking forever. Imagine never getting the high score on the pinball game. Or something like that. It's so terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, it'd be, I've been playing this game for thousands. For me, it'd be Pac-Man and fucking get, get stuck on the first cherry. Fuck! You know? <laughs> Damn it! This sucks. <laughs> um, but then the one cue, John Delaney comes from Next Generation because this is another guy. And then... He's trying to talk him out of it, and he's just like, uh, he's like, have you been the scarecrow? He said, we've all done our time as a scarecrow, basically telling him, you know, this is what it is. This is your existence. And he said, and and to us it seems terrible, but to everybody else it's awesome. Why can't we try to look at it from their point of view and, and occupy ourselves? That's a re- one of the reasons they're obsessed with humans. The Q are the continuum, because their lives are so brief, and they see things, you know, the, all the drama that they have get to. Observe, and it's awesome. At the end, he turns himself human and takes Hemlock and dies. It's the end of the episode. Mm. It's fucking great. I was like, whoever wrote that, some of the best writers are in the best writers are in science fiction and fantasy because they take concepts and they think of them in a different way. So, yeah, I don't know that I want to live forever. I don't even want to live now. <laughs> I like living <laughs> finally, actually. Well, I mean, yeah, it takes a minute to get there, I think. I liked it for a while, then I didn't like it for a while, then I liked it for a while again. I'm just like, I'm sort of indifferent to the whole fucking thing right now. I mean, I, I love my life at this point, but there, yeah, there were points where I didn't want to live anymore. I'm not going to do anything about it, but it's sometimes it's like, man, I'd be all right if the meteor just came and conked me on the head. You know, you know, I'd be okay with it. I've had a good run. I've done all the things I wanted to do, not well, successfully. Well, it's like, but I've done all. Sometimes when I have, uh, when I when I would have bad anxiety, I think I was having a heart attack, and this was when I was 
still working and shit jobs and all this stuff, and I would just be like, not now, just don't let, not yet, you know, let me be happy first. Let me make something out of this yeah. <laughs> real quick. Yeah, man, it's, something, it's fucking hard. Being being a human being is fucking rough. Yeah. Fucking, I know it's a hard scrabble life out there for wild animals, but they only have two things to do. Eat and fuck. Well, it's like this. There's a there book by uh, a Russian author called Flow Theory, and he found that the most that the happiest people have the hardest lives. Yeah, it's true. So he said he was talking to these people in hard scrabble places on Earth, like uh, goat farmers, and he said, well, "What's your life?" And he described it. And he said, "What do you do for fun?" And then he laughed and he described what he did did in his life. He said, "That is my life." That is fun. Well, John Morgan. I love my life. You know, John Morgan, he runs that farm, works his ass off. He's a pretty happy guy. Yeah, he is. He's busting his ass all the time. Yeah. He's always dirty when he comes over because yeah. he's fucking working. He doesn't have time to fuck around. And- right. That's a, that's an amazing thing. And um, I, you know, whenever I, I don't know, man, you know, those depictions of immortality are not something that I would be a fan of, you know. That that one in, in uh, the Star Trek especially caught me. I was just like, man, that would suck, you know. When it's like Conan in the in that pit walking around in the pushing the thing. Yeah, that's sort of what immortality is like. That's a great thing every day. That I don't think that movie gets as much credit as it deserves for being really good. I think Red Sonia was better. <laughs> that movie is shit. <laughs> Beastmaster. <laughs> Can I get a little bit of love for Mark Singer real quick? No, you may not. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was dog shit. I loved it when yeah, I was a kid. That's terrible. I loved, I loved it. it when I was a kid, too. PBS played it all the I time. I know. It's like one of the only movies they had the rights to. It was, it was a... That odd, and Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans, Beastmaster, Conan. Smoking the Bandit. Smoking the Bandit. And all just a litany of Chuck Norris movies. <laughs> yeah. The Octagon. The Octagon, Missing, missing in Action, action. 2. Braddock. The best one is Missing in Action 2. <laughs> I watched it a few weeks ago. It's fantastic. Oh, another favorite thing is I've, I finished uh, the Harry Potter series today. I watched really? the last movie. Those two movies deserved a best, best picture nod. They were that good. They didn't get it? No. I think I, I thought they would get at least something for being like Lord of the Rings did. Lord of the Rings, they got a legacy one. Yeah, I mean they got it got Best Picture, but it was just because like yeah, Return yeah, of the King was not the best giant one. Thing, so let's give them an, an, awesome, an awesome Fellowship one. of the Ring was the best one. But um, it's the first one, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. Still, still that beginning scene in the Hobbiton where Gandalf um, is in in the Shire, where Gandalf is sitting in the wagon, and the horse is pulling it. And it's just that iconic scene of him coming into the Shire, and there's two, there's a little wall right here, and then it leads into, the, and it's in New Zealand, one of the most beautiful places on Earth, where they built this place. So there's bright sun, and you know, wind and trees, and all kinds of beautiful flowers and big saturated colors. It's gorgeous, and there's that. But um, Harry Potter started out. I think she started out wanting to write. She she pulled a George R. R. Martin. She she pulled she started out wanting to write something that was very simple, just a magic story with witches and wizards and all this stuff. The next thing you know, it just took off and it got away from her in the best way because it 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 went from being a kid story essentially to being one of the most towering works of epic fantasy that's ever written. It's it deserves its place next to Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, all that stuff. I mean, it's just as good in its own way. It's better in some ways because. 
Game of Thrones, I love. A Song of Ice and Fire, I love. Um, that world is fucking brutal. There is nothing kind or soft or anything about that world of Westeros or Essos or any of those places. They're aw- it's an awful place. Um, Lord of the Rings is different. They do have nice, soft, kind places like the Shire and stuff like that. But it's very sterile, bland. There's nothing... The best quote I've ever heard about is George R. R. Martin said, you can't imagine anybody in Lord of the Rings getting a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... That's uh, <laughs> true. Harry Potter is very British. It's got a lot of pithy things in it, which makes it... And she's aware of that, and she plays it up, and she does it so great. But by the end, man, it is a hard scrabble. Break your teeth, fucking fighting movie. Hard Scrabble a lot this. Time. I know it is. It's Three really. Times now. Yeah, it might work its way into the lexicon. It might. Um, hard Scrabble Dirt Farmer. Mm. Um, the end is uh, Harry and Voldemort. The beginning was him and sixty nining. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Harry just, Pounder and just munching it, just <laughs> taking it all, just getting it, just just taking it all, swallowing the load, <laughs> finishing him off like a man, like a man finishes off a man, just a dick pendulum. Yeah. Back and forth. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. oh god, that was a good dick one. pendulum. <laughs> Um, Hagrid's, not, Hagrid's taking him from behind. Oh God, his dick would probably. Be <laughs> oh like, Jesus, Christ. It'd be my arm. It'd be an elephant's tusk. <laughs> <laughs> Trunk. Oh, um, he eats peanuts with his dick. <laughs> and no, the beginning started, and it was uh, Voldemort was even kind of silly at the beginning. It was sinister in a kids' movie kind of way. And man, as it went on, especially with the, starting the third movie, when Alf- Alfonso Cuarón directed that one, it's, uh, Alfonso Ribeiro. <laughs> God, I wish was, I wish that was actually. It's not unusual. I wish that was actually him. <laughs> Just using a pseudonym. Yeah, yeah. Holy fuck! That guy's a great director. He's doing the dance now. If you can just uh, <laughs> <Bugaloo> shrimp. <laughs> um, no, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban started, and it was directed by him, and it was so. I think it's the last one I saw, and it's great. Like it's pretty good. It's. It, the first two were very Chris Columbus. It was Kitty's movies. It was everything's bright and shiny. Man, he made it so gritty in one movie. Like, he said, I'm going to change this up. And I think maybe he knew where it was going. He read the books. He said, we got to change this up. So here's what's happening. I remember the CGI in the, in the uh, first few being far ahead of its time. Absolutely. It still holds up. The special effects were never... They were never in question in the first two. What is in question is the, the kids acting... Which at first, of course, is not great. Um, the lack of mortal peril, because there is none, because a few things happen and it's not terribly dangerous or scary or anything like that. But then by the third one, it ups the ante and it's really and it's starting to run and it, a sprint to the end. And that last one, man, Daniel Radcliffe really stepped in and did that role. Really, all three of them did that did those roles beautifully. And I love it because they had to destroy these, I think there were six of them, Horcruxes. Voldemort broke his spirit into six parts, so he would pretty much be immortal and, and, and impossible to kill. And they destroyed all of them. Like Steven Seagal. 
That's hard to kill. kill. <laughs> Not impossible, though. So, yeah, you're right. I would love to see him to be a teacher at Hogwarts. He's the Aikido teacher at Hogwarts. <laughs> you know, this doesn't work. <laughs> This is an old antiquated bullshit martial art. You Have you not seen UFC three? <laughs> sit down and, and be a, quiet over there. Keto master gets choked with his own ponytail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did he really? No. Oh, that's awesome. Maybe I don't know. Oh, that'd be. Great. I might watch it next that'd and see what great. happens. Um, and at the end, like they they destroy all the Horcruxes, and then it's this battle for Hogwarts. Like the Death Eaters and all the Lollamans followers are trying to get into Hogwarts, and it's. Fucking brutal, dude. There are people dying. I mean, it's it's as brutal. It's not as brutal as a Game of Thrones episode because it can't be. But if it was as rea- if, if the reality was there like a Game of Thrones, it would be every bit as brutal. Let me uh, sidetrack real quick. Okay, I read that the, there's a battle scene in the upcoming Game of Thrones that took 59 days to film. Holy, I cannot wait. Holy <laughs> fucking shit. That's how long it takes to film an entire episode. It just took them. Well, not even an entire episode. That's probably two episodes. Yeah. So Jesus Christ! Just one battle. Scene. I'm just wondering where that's going to be. Uh, who cares? I don't care if it's in Dixie West for fucking Jane. <laughs> I want to see. I don't care if it's in fucking Candleton. <laughs> it's at the ball field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People didn't know. They're like, "Wow, all these British people." <laughs> they all got swords. <laughs> I'm trying to play a little league here. That one guy keeps fucking all the girls. I'm really hot guy. <laughs> Get Harrington. <laughs> Pimp. Um, but at the end, after all, all the Horcruxes are broken, and you, I don't know if you're going to watch them, so I'll just go ahead. And, Eventually, I want to watch them. I, I, I can't keep hearing, I can't ruin it for you. Then it's the journey, not the destination. Fair enough. Okay, here's here's how it goes. Snape. Who you think is a villain the whole time? Play back, play awesome. He, I always Alan Rickman him. should have gotten a fucking Oscar for I'm that role. Alan Rickman, and <laughs> you were the defense against the dark arts teacher. Yes, I was also in dark. No, I love it because this woman's interrogating him and it's like walking around him. He's sitting there. And he's like, and you weren't successful in that job. Obviously, <laughs> 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 and he's awesome, dude. But it turns out. He, he's such a villainous person. He's he's mean, he's nasty, he's all these things. But at the end, it turns out that the entire time he's been trying to, he's been tr- protecting Harry. Oh, Because he was in love with Harry's mother. Oh, He gets bit by the snake and Voldemort has cut him and he's bleeding out and he's got tears come out of his eye and he looks at Harry and he says, he's like, take them, take them. Like, because... Tears are one of the ways that a uh, memory can be transmitted in the wizarding world, a pensieve, where you can see other people's memories. And Harry grabs him and he puts him in the pensieve and he sticks his head and he's watching. And he's watching his mom and Snape grow up together. They were neighbors. And Snape loved his mother, like, more than anything. So much so that when she got killed, he came up. He hated Harry's dad. A, because he was with Harry's mom. And he was jealous, but B, because Harry's dad was a shit when he was younger. He turned out to be a really great guy, but he had to go through that period that all kids do where he's just an asshole. Him and... Um, I didn't go through that period. I was, I was always stand-up guy. <laughs> stellar. Stellar great. kid. Uh, him and uh, Gary Oldman's character, Sirius Black, and Remus Lupin, who's played by David Thewlis, they were all three kind of shitty kids. But then they grew up and they took their lumps and they, and they found out how to be good, good adults. But Snape never forgave them. And they still kind of were kind of shitty to him, which I found kind of bad. I was like, you're not going to apologize to this kid you fucking tortured for so long? goth. Basically, yes. <laughs> and uh, he finds her body. 
And he finds Harriet sitting in the crib crying. He's cradling her body. And it is fucking intense, dude. I'm sitting there bawling watching this. Because I'd seen it and I'd forgotten how powerful this scene was. And then it's Dumbledore talking to Snape. And at first he he's just like, you know, he's like, he's going to need, he's just like, I can't, I can't guard this kid. I can't do that because it was James Potter's kid and he hated, and he's like, and he looks at me and he says, he has her eyes. That's her kid. And Snape then agrees to watch out for Harry. And he kept his distance because he was so in love with his mother and he didn't, you know, he didn't know how to broach the subject. So it, dude is, but then it, that was awesome. But then Voldemort's finally beaten pretty much or beaten enough that he's actually vulnerable and Harry grabs him and they're standing on this cliff and he said let's go out like we came in together and he fucking throws them both off the cliff and they're fighting like going through the air and finally they get in this duel and Harry wins hmm. and one of the final shots before they do the 20 years later thing when they show them taking their kids to the train to get on Hogwarts it shows Daniel Radcliffe Emma Watson and Rupert Grint stand there holding hands looking out and you, and it's just that is a you know curtain call bowing like you know this is us this is who we've been for seven years you know it's beautiful it's a really great thing to watch so yeah do man do don't watch the first two you don't really need to I mean you do to find out because things pertain on later on but you can I've seen them you know, you've seen them so I've just, seen all of them up until probably I think Prisoner of Azkaban well, watch Prisoner of Azkaban, and then watch and Goblet of Fire is next, and it's a really good one. That's where the, I've seen that. That's the Tri Wizarding Tournament. I just don't. Uh, maybe I just haven't seen the last two. Deathly Hallows. I don't think I've seen the last two. Maybe how many of them are there? All right, there's Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, Goblet of Fire, uh, Order of the Phoenix, Half Blood Prince, Deathly Hallows. Jesus. So there's part seven. two. So there's eight movies. That's huge. It's fucking awesome, dude. That is huge. And the one thing though that I didn't agree with, and I'm always going to that thing. What I would have done, I know it's annoying, but I don't give a fuck. Um, there's a scene, and I know I've talked about this before, but it just bears repeating. Um, where Dumbledore gets killed, Snape kills him because there's a curse on him. Turns out. And he tells him, he's like, you're going to be at the one to kill me. You're going to have to be the one. Because if Draco Malfoy kills me, which Voldemort wants him to do, he becomes a Death Eater. We can't allow that to happen to that kid. Is basically what he tells him. He's like, he's a kid. He doesn't know any better. So he's like, you're going to have to be the one to do it. And Snape agrees. And he kills him. And then he falls. But then after they find his body, after have fallen off of the observation tower, fucking Hagrid finds him. And Hagrid goes ape shit. Like he, they say he swells. He gets twice his regular size. And there's Death Eaters on the fucking grounds, and he kills like five of them. He picks one of them, basically, and twists his fucking head off. And he chases one of them, and uproots a tree, and kills two more. It was fucking amazing. Now I understand you can't really put that in the movie. I get that, but because it's, it was pushing a PG thirteen rating as it was. I think is it one of those is PG thirteen. Um. But there was a character named Fenrir Greyback who was an awful, awful werewolf. He was just, he's the one who bit Remus Lupin and turned him into a werewolf. And, um, there's a one point he kills, a, he kills a little girl. He kills a kid in the Deathly Hallows part two. He's like eating her neck, basically. Yeah, it's bad, man. It's, it's brutal and bloody. And it's a, and it's a girl that Ron had dated. Her name's Lavender Brown. 
And it's a porn star name. It really is. There's a lot of those in there, though. It's a black. I, I would have thought that a great scene would be that, and then Hagrid coming out of nowhere and picking this motherfucker up and and breaking his neck and throwing him out a window. That would have been a stand and cheer moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like because they never really did that. Hagrid was a formidable. He's this big, powerful guy. He's formidable, you know, and he's. And they never gave him a moment where he stood up and fought for Hogwarts too. I thought that was kind of a, a miss, a swing and a miss. It was like, why didn't you put the, why wouldn't you put that in there? You know, it was in the books, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The the Half Blood Prince is the one where he goes on the rampage and kills all those Death Eaters. And they're trying to. Uh, the scene is awesome because they're terrified because he's running and he's fast. He's big, but he's fast. And they're, they're like throwing curses at him, and they're bouncing off his chest because he's so mad and he's a, he's half giant. And they're. And he's got an invulnerability, especially when he's angry. And they're like singeing his clothes and burning his beard, and he just keeps coming. And they're like, "We can't get away!" And like, you know, it was really it was a great moment. So uh, that's a favorite thing. Um, we talked about uh, Quiet Place last week. Yeah, and this week there was an article or two about how it glorified gun culture. And I don't know if these people even saw the movie, but. People suck, dude. It's just like, what are they supposed to do? There's only one scene where, where a gun is used. And they finally figure it out. Glorifies gun culture. Go back and watch one movie from the fucking Everybody's 80s. Everybody's dead. movie from Every, the 80s. Everybody is Every human being on dead. earth is dead? Not all of them, but I mean- They're still- They're all hiding. pretty fucking sparse. This mu- I mean, Jim Halpert- um, it's, it's him to me. Sorry, I don't remember. How you doing, Halpert? Still, Still queer? queer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has a ham radio. Goes downstairs trying to get a hold of people, and I think maybe one time they run into another human. He's probably movie. lost their fucking mind. And his wife, the guy who they ran into, his wife had just been eaten by one of the monsters, and he screams so he can die too. Oh and he's got God. his kid with him, and he has to turn around and run. And uh, but I mean, does it ever show the monsters clearly? Yeah. Are they pretty horrifying? Yeah. They make the xenomorph on aliens look bad, or I mean, no, it made them look great. I mean, I mean, that's what it's based on, right? All monsters from now on are based on the xenomorph. Do they have eyes? I didn't notice. I don't think so. I think so. I think that was one of the scariest parts. Of like alien. their faces open up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like in like compartment. It's really well, well kind of like uh, Stranger Things, the Demogorgon. It's yeah. It's sort yeah. of sort of like that. I mean, it's all it's fucking incredible. But there's just one scene where a gun is used, and that's it. People suck, and dude. They don't fucking. What are they supposed to do in in, in the context of? Can't this you just movie, talk to the monsters? No, that's what they'll I said. eat you. That's what I said. <laughs> I, I think I, I made a post and a tweet about it. Are they supposed to reason with these monsters that if you make a noise, they hunt you and kill you? What the fuck? Are It'd they be like reasoning with a cockroach. Essentially, they're not. They're not going to be reasoned with. It's like reasoning with the aliens and aliens. They're not going to be. They're going to eat you because that's what they do. They have no fear. They, you know, I mean, what don't don't people get about sometimes violence must be used to defend yeah. yourself? I mean, they tried everything else to. These motherfuckers have been silent for however long this thing has been going on. I'm largely a pacifist. I really am, but. In defense of my family, I'll kill. There'll be piles of my enemy. I'll kill every one of them I can get my fucking hands on. You know what I mean? I, I, I think that's and any thinking rational person should be the same. And if you're not, there's something wrong with you. You know, 
like the thing with the Holocaust and all that stuff. I hate the fact that it's depicted that these people didn't fight back. They fought back. It just didn't work for them. It just didn't because they were unarmed for yeah, one thing. They were, but they were actually outnumbered it, and unarmed is a bad situation. Actually, there was one though. There's they actually made a TV movie or something about it where there was a ghetto in Poland in Warsaw, and they fought them. To, they fought them, and the Nazis left because they're just like this. these Polacks got they, hard heads, man. They Get were in the streets, like in the streets, shooting them from windows, from windows and rooftops, and were waiting for them to calm down purposely. Pulling back and waiting for them to calm down before they start killing them again. Like we gotta terrify them. We gotta make them leave. That's the only way you're gonna fucking win against such people or things. Make their make them make their presence more more you know detrimental than it is beneficial. You know you have to make sure. You know, and I know this movie is different where the things just don't think. They're just, they're, it's just hunger. They hear you know? a sound and they go eat it. Exactly. Wherever it's from. It's just hunger. It's like cockroaches. It's like, you know, insects or ants, they don't have fear. They're not programmed with it. Mm. So I would even venture that reptiles have no fear, you know, but I wouldn't think so. I mean, they're very basic too. But I'm saying that um, with things like that, you have to kill them. There's just no other way, you know. And yeah. And there's just one scene in the movie where a gun is used. And it works, and it, but Jesus fucking Christ, man! Like, why are you mad about this mo- a horror film that shows terrible, terrible it, things? It's just stupid people. I mean, we've we've talked about this hundred times. There are intellectual properties people are waiting to jump all over on. Like, uh, such stupid things as, and this is stupid, like like racial things. The Game of Thrones thing with the race. I'm not going to go down that path because I've gone down a hundred times. You know, the thing, why can't Superman be black? Well, because he's not, okay? He's just not. <laughs> I wouldn't care if they made a new one. I'd probably look, take a gander at it and see. I don't care. I wouldn't care if they made a Bruce Wayne that was black as long as I Idris Elba. Um, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it has to be Idris Elba. Yeah, but don't give me Eddie Murphy. But Superman has to be Idris Elba, too. How, That'd be great, too. How are they going to pull that one off? I don't <laughs> make it happen, man. He's, I'll watch that movie. He's the fucking guy. I'll watch it. I don't give a shit. But I'm saying that people say, well, you know, you can't, there's no diversity. Well, I, I'm sorry, but that's just the way it fucking make is. Make things. Yeah. Make the things. Make, make things. Be yeah, exactly. Ken Peel are doing it. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. They're doing the shit out of it. Yeah. They don't complain. They sit around, they sit around and do something about it. I was uh, I was thinking about it. Get out. Great movie. Mm-hmm. I, I rewatched it. And I actually got it that time, <laughs> the second time. If, if he makes a sequel of it, it has to be called and stay out, right? Sure. It has to be called and stay out. Get out and stay out. Or we could go down the total racial town, the total racial thing with like the old cartoons. Get out, O-W-T. What's that? You don't remember that on Tom and Jerry cartoons? No. Get out, O-W-T. <laughs> <laughs> she hit him with the broom. <laughs> <laughs> Did he scream? No! <laughs> Thomas! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't care, like, but key, uh, I I know uh, Jordan Peele's doing something else. That's Black Panther. Great. Black Panther is as good as anything that's ever been made from superhero standpoint. Great fucking character. Worked in every conceivable way. I would argue that the Black Panther himself is the worst character in that movie. <laughs> but everybody else around him brings him up. That's yeah. I mean, he was a isolationist. He was a you know. He's Bruce Wayne. He's- they. Yeah, Bruce Wayne. I love hearing the description of Bruce Wayne as um, an elitist Republican rich asshole. That's who's, absolutely correct. Beating the shit out of poor people. Yeah, that's what he's doing. He really is. <laughs> but 
he's not so much con- he is concerned with street crime but he's not I mean, he's, there's a deeper thing yeah exactly right. that's why one of the best things ever is uh, Alex Ross wrote Batman War on Crime and one of the characters in the Dark Knight that uh, the the dude who Bane kills and he said am I are you saying that you own me in some way that guy and he grabs yeah, him yeah, yeah, chokes yeah, yeah. and just kills him that guy is actually based on a character in Batman War on Crime which is an Alex Ross. Alex Ross, let's just put it down that Alex Ross has done everything for DC, and they just need to take his lead and, and film all the shit he's done. Um, still alive? Oh, yeah. He's on Twitter, and he, he does something new every day that's cool. A new painting. Um, this story is basically just a description of Batman, but there's this theme running through it where this black kid, his parents get killed, right? Do a street crime thing. And he makes sure that the cops come and get him and take care of him, you know, all this stuff and that he's safe. And then at the end, the kid has fallen in with, with street, other street friendly street. Well, I mean, it, this, he joins a do up group and they, they, <laughs> yeah, they sing around snapping. a barrel, sing around a burning barrel. <laughs> no, at the end, he's, um, the kid has a gun and he's pointed at Batman. He's like shaking and he's crying and he knows the kid's name. I can't remember the kid's name, but he's just like, he's telling me, he's just like, my parents were killed too. He said, "If you put that gun down, we can talk about this. We can, we can, we can get through this. We can, there's a also way. that's not going to penetrate my Batman suit. If you shot him in the face, it probably. Would. Oh Jesus Christ! Never yeah. mind. Yeah, but um, have to shoot him right in the jaw. But that he he didn't stop him from shooting him because he was afraid. He shot. He was going to stop him from shooting him because he knows if he go if he seals this deal, he's now a criminal for the rest of his life, and he knows that he can't do that. There's actually a, a part in in the book where he's considering." what he would have been had his parents, what he could have been had his parents lived. Or even if he had gone down the path of being a callous piece of shit after his parents have died and just throwing caution in the wind. And it's that character. The guy's in a pool. He's like got women around. He's yeah. made, he's done a huge lot of coke probably. He's got he's got champagne. And Bruce Wayne's kind of looking at him. All it's one of the, the it's guy. one of the best panels. I want to see if I can look that up because the look on Bruce Wayne's face when he's looking at him is <laughs> is priceless. Could have been he could have been a yuppie. Remember when we called him yuppies? Yeah, Bruce Wayne would have been an ultimate yuppie. Had his parents lived, and he had all that, all that skrilla, all that cash. I like a millionaire, a millionaire playboy. Now a millionaire doesn't fit the bill anymore. You know what I mean? Like millionaire's not a lot of money anymore. Yeah. Here's the here's the end. Here here's the the last panel. Pretty tremendous. Yeah, the guy's good. His his work is just absolutely amazing. Tremendous. <sighs> See, this is here's the beginning where he finds the kid at first. Damn, Alex Ross is amazing, dude. That's, I mean, it's fucking good. Yeah, I actually had a signed copy of this, and I uh, destroyed it accidentally. Kind of, yeah. It was during a very bad portion of my life. It actually has one of the coolest panels I've ever seen. This is the one where it shows Breaking him. news. What? Breaking news. Vern Troyer. Dead? Has passed away at the age of 49. Damn it. That sucks. It does. Here's, I was saying, here's one of my favorite panels by Alex Ross. It shows him how he becomes Batman. He's in the lab. He's working out. He's got some weight stacked on that bench, son. 
Oh yeah, that's well, that's three fifteen. Three fifteen, yeah. That might be hundred pound plates. It might be six hundred pounds. I don't think Batman's that guy though. He's not the big bencher. He's he needs to stay fluid. Yeah, he uh, he probably does yoga and stuff. Here he is. Here he is. Look at that guy. That's what I was looking for. It's like he, yeah, he's looking. <laughs> <laughs> well, he would have been uh, he would have been freaking Patrick Bateman if if his parents hadn't been killed. There needs to be an alternate timeline, absolutely, where his parents don't die, and it's just the Bruce Wayne Chronicles, and it's just him being a dork, yeah, being a fucking asshole, <laughs> yeah. Ru- ruining companies, and yeah, just taking over companies and firing everybody, and and, here, then, and then short selling his own stock yeah. to make all kinds of money, it ties into the big short, yeah. Uh, here's here's the panel. Here's what it says: Winters assures me the the only. The only worry I'll have is where to spend my money once the profits start rolling in. If it's security in the area that worries me, Randall winks. He knows a few moonlighting cops who will run the undesirables off for a buck or two. I return winter's smile and fight the urge to pummel the man. (laughs) Because that's what he's doing. In the end of... That's why I I told you about this series before. Batman War on Crime. There was four of them. Batman War on Crime, Superman Peace on Earth, Wonder Woman, Spirit of Truth, and uh, Shazam Power of Hope. And they were all big, painted one shots. You know, they they had yeah. no continuity. But uh, the the end game for that is something that he is something that was near and dear what the book was trying to do. He bought the piece of land where the kid was from and where his parents had been killed. And at the end, it shows him constructing stuff there. He said, "The profits in my pocket will be minimal, but the." But the uh, the benefit to all would be immeasurable, is what he says at the end. And he used all the money, all the profit he gained from that to help inner city youth. He re- redonated it back. He didn't keep a penny. And he did that for each book. For that one was for inner city kids. For Batman, uh, Superman, Peace on Earth, it was uh, hungry. It was kids that were starving. Um, for women, it was uh, domestic battery. Like he put all the... He really went. He he went kind of hardcore with that one too, because there was a, a Muslim man beating a woman in the beginning of it, and Wonder Woman comes through and beats the shit out of the guy. It was really, really great. And then uh, Shazam was uh, Make a Wish Foundation because oh. it was about he was as sad. I even thinking about it makes me want to cry. There was kids who were sick, and Shazam showed up to make all their wishes come true. So one of them he took to the inside of a volcano and protected them. And showed him what it was like. Another one he just took flying and all kinds of stuff. And it was, that was a rough one. Because at the end, the kid who re- he really was trying to help dies. And, he, and he, Billy Batson is sitting there crying as Captain Marvel. He's this huge, powerful guy. And he's sitting beside the bed and he's just, you know, he's holding her hand. And it was, it was rough. Fucking brutal. Yeah. Anyway, I think we're out of time. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we can go on as long as we want, but I'm tired. It's about time to start watching some fights. Anyway, we're going to go out with a tribute to Vern Troyer. Rest in power, Vern Troyer. R.I.P. in peace. Um, thanks for listening, you bunch of queers. Um, episode 155 is in the books. Hit it! This is a very sensitive subject. <laughs> Bye. From the moment I heard Frau say I had a clone, 
I knew that I'd be safe because I'd never be alone An evil doctor shouldn't speak aloud about his feelings My hurt and my pain don't make me too appealing I hope Scott would look up to me Run the business of the family Had an evil empire just like his dear old dad Give him my love and the things I never had Scott would think I was a cruel guy Return the love I have, make me want to cry Be evil, but have my feelings too Changed my life with Oprah and Maya Angelou But Scott rejected me Say la vie, life is cruel, treats you unfairly Even so, a god there must be Mini me, you complete me Just me and you, just me and you Just me and you 